Hi, my name's Don Hughes, and you're listening to the Midwest Garden Podcast. Everybody, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy. This is your Midwest Garden Podcast, and I have Scott Sandstrom, producer extraordinaire, right next to me. Do you want to say hello? Or yes, hello, everybody. Well, yes was good enough. Uh, we've Thanks. got uh, uh, spring is coming. Did right? I get demoted or something? No, I just didn't want. I mean, uh, I didn't want you to embellish. It's my junior year. We're in season no, 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 three. No, no, you're a sophomore. Uh, so well, I'm you're, still you're a sophomore. Now, yeah. Well, wait a minute. No, this is junior year. You're right. This is our yeah. third year yes. of success. I mean, it depends on what you consider success to be. But with us today is somebody that has done something. I always get a question. Hey, Mike, you're the garden guy, right? Do you have any bulbs? Well, I don't have them personally, but the place that I worked for, Black Dime, sure, they have them. Um, yeah, I need tulips. And this is in... March, and I'm going, well, you know, there's a little bit of a problem here. You can't plant. Well, you can plant it, but you're not going to get anything from a tulip. Um, but they do have spring bulbs. You see, tulips you got to plant in the fall. Spring bulbs you plant basically when? Now, with me today to answer that question is Don Hughes, who happens to be the magical wizard of dahlias, the dahlia dude. This guy's been doing this for how long? I'll let him introduce himself, and I'll let him tell us how long he's been doing it. Well, I've been growing them for about 42 years. About 42 years. So, again, you're going to forget more than everybody's going to learn, right? I'm learning every year. No, that was well said. Um, how are you learning every year? Is there somebody, I mean, is there a group of you that grow these things? No, not really. I mean, just uh, trial and error. You find uh, things that you didn't uh, know uh, every year. Something new. I got questions. Scott's got questions, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some generic questions. Basically, when can you and when do you plant the dahlia bulbs? First of all, I recommend May fifteenth. Really, around Mother's Day? Yes. Why? Because danger of frost is gone. You want the ground temperature to be around sixty degrees when you plant them, and you don't want the ground to be saturated with water they got to be somewhat on the drier side i mean moist but not real wet dahlias don't like their feet soaking wet and in uh, early spring when the temperature is up and down if you get a lot of water and a real cold spill the dahlias can rot in the ground i did not know that now i did a little research in the history on these critters I uh, found out that they basically come from South America, Panama, um, Ecuador, Mexico primarily. But these guys, you, you, just, you told me that they don't generally like a lot of heat. They come from the mountainous areas in, the, in, the, in uh, South America and Mexico? Yeah. Um, how, now, okay, now I understand after doing the research that uh, Francisco Hernandez... He's the one that brought them to Spain under the orders of King Philip II. And King Philip wanted to be the only kid on the block to have another unique array of other things. Besides pillaging gold that they primarily were going for in the old country, um, Mr. Hernandez found these guys all over the place. They said that they grow like weeds. They were in the hills, the cusp of the valleys in the hills. And, I mean, they're beautiful. And so he ended up bringing them back, and the king wanted more and more and more. 
Now, when did they start to get popular here in the States, do you know? Or when did they get popular with you? That's the best thing to have. Well, I, I, I had a neighbor that grew, and he had 180 plants at one time in his backyard. And I used to hang over the fence and look at them and admire them. Well, he slipped me a few tubers and got me hooked. That's the way that, they do it. And I'm that was you. Uh, the end of it. I mean, I kept uh, getting the rototiller out and making the garden bigger. <laughs> There's no 12-step program for it, is there? No. There's a color you can't find in this, and you're never going to find it. You can get every other color on the spectrum with the exception of one, and that's what? Blue. Blue. And we don't have any idea why, do we? No. You know, the guy that makes the, comes up with that, we were talking hybrids, and we'll get to that a little bit later, you come up with that. Can I have ten percent of what you get? Uh, I'm serious on this. We we both have a bundle. Oh God, yes. <laughs> well, anyhow, um, do, I, Scott, do you know who these guys are related to? And I'm not talking Mr. Hughes or myself. The Dahlias. Yeah, yes, I do because I cheated. You che- Sun, sunflowers. I thought I had him by his toes. And, and daisies, and mums. I quit. There's there's 42 species. I quit. But I mean that's not you're quitting already. No, you can. You want go me ahead to continue? To no, mean, no, no, no. <laughs> Please continue on, Mike. Okay. Well, I have 42 species. Yeah. Don, how many species do you grow? You know, or how many different varieties? Species are different than varieties. Right. I probably hybrids. grow about all the varieties? Yeah, it'll say hot, big ones, short ones, tall ones, fat ones, skinny oh, ones. Oh, yeah, well, probably uh, there's 15. 15 different varieties in Yeah, now, this isn't your backyard. This isn't at your, at your Out house. Out here, yeah. Oh, we're at the, well, I forgot to introduce this, but we're at the uh, TBG, which stands for Toledo Botanical Gardens. The man has brought his addiction from his house to the botanical gardens, and you were allowed, or how did you get to be able to arrange something like this to grow them out here? Well, we uh, used to uh, meet out here, the Dahlia Society of Toledo. And from there, then uh, after our plant sales, which was a fundraiser for the Dahlia Society, where we sold the tubers of the dahlias, uh, we would plant a display bed out here. And that's how I got started with uh, the Botanical Garden. But we were doing it through the Dahlia Society at the time. Well, the way that we found out who you were and how to get a hold of you was through the Toledo Botanical Gardens. And the extension agent, Amy Stone, was wonderful enough. She didn't want to disclose anything until she was able to get a hold of somebody. And that somebody was you. Um, And I certainly appreciate all the effort that she has gone through to get in touch with you. Now, you briefly told me that you started growing them at your house, right? Right. And then you, you had a little garden space that was getting larger and larger and larger. Do you have any more space at your house right now to grow anything but dahlias? I don't grow much other dahlias, no. Too many Christmas. But so, go ahead. I don't have a very large backyard either. <laughs> it's all relative, too, though. But. You were asking earlier about when he plants them, but... That's outside. Do you start them in pots at home or, I don't or do even any here? Of that. No, no, it's all just here. We okay. start pots out here for uh, backup because uh, and that's another thing that I don't understand. But you can plant a viable dahlia with a nice sprout, new growth on it, and that. Mm-hmm. 
and about eight to ten percent don't make it. Really? But I that's mean, not bad. I mean, uh, but uh, well, yeah, you're I, still getting a ninety-two or a ninety. That's an A. Yeah. In my book, but you know, let's just say that the garden centers are selling them, and when they start to sell them, people want to know they can't get in the ground right away. But by the time they get them in the ground, now you said that Mar- May 15 is the best time to do it. Trying to find something like that is going to be extremely difficult because especially after listening to this, they ain't going to be any more dahlias at most of the garden centers, at least in the bulb form. So what do you recommend they do? Do they go and stash them? And, 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 and if they do stash them, where do they stash them? Well, if to they me, buy, stash them, if they buy them at the garden center yeah. early, I mean, in... Uh, well, March or April, I would put them in my basement or in a cool place, a cool, dark area, and uh, just leave them there until you're ready to plant them because they'll be sprouting. Yeah, but the sprouts, it doesn't hurt. I mean, they're going to sprout in the bag or wherever you could right. put them or keep them. Right. I mean, for some reason, tulips already came up, and now it's two degrees outside. And they're not going to grow until ground temperatures and air temperatures kind of equivocate. But so they're on the long, uh, along the same lines as doing cannas. Exactly, and that's yes. Now, see, Scott, so he's he's so arrogant. I mean, <laughs> he didn't know he didn't know the difference between a dandelion and a daisy two years ago, <laughs> and now he's Mister, you know, personality plus when it comes down to planting things. Um, I, when it comes to the dahlias, though, there's different sizes of those. And I asked you earlier, because I was prepping for this, you know, how do you know which ones are going to be six feet tall and which ones are going to be, you know, three feet tall? Well, a lot of times uh, on the packaging that you purchase your dahlia in, they'll give you an estimated height. And that's an estimate. I mean... Oh, it's always an estimate. So you can't... See, that's... Okay, that's interesting. Why... You've been doing it 42 years. Do you trust? I mean, you don't. Do you go out and buy more? I mean, do you look around to see if there's anything unique or different, or do you just generally stay with the varieties that you have? Because I got to tell everybody, if we had pictures, I have tubers here that are probably the size of sweet potatoes, and maybe larger. The dahlia bulbs that they sell at the garden center is only going to be about three inches long at the most, and maybe about inch inch and a half at the most in diameter. How old are these, the big ones, the sweet potato-type variety, huge tuber? How old are these tubers? How old? Yeah. For the plant that you got. One year. These are only one year? Yeah, because you don't, you don't save them from year to year. The mother tuber, the tuber that you plant in the spring, in the fall when you dig it, it's shriveled up and dead or rotted away. Okay. And that's the new production is uh, all the uh, other tubers. So this is brand new. Yeah. All right. What parent plant, I mean, how, what is the oldest plant that you've had? I mean, what did you start with? And do you have any of the tubers left over from when you started in 42 years? No, but you can buy uh, tubers in uh, the big box stores or the garden stores and that that uh, there's one called Thomas Edison. That's the name of the uh, plant. Mm-hmm. And it was originated in, I think, 1928 or 26. And it's still around. You made mention that you're part of the like a, a, a Dahlia Society? Used to be, yes. Used to be. Okay, now, what did, what did it 
what did becoming part of the Dahlia Society consist of? Because I would presume, after having a pre-programmed discussion with you, um, you don't have any condescending arrogance at all. You want to share this. But I would presume there could be an, among groups that there are some people that will forget more than we will ever learn. Did right. you ever come upon that? Oh, yeah. Okay. But then again, there was other guys that uh, didn't want to share anything with you. Well, why were they part of the society then? Well, they wanted to show you what they, how they could grow them and that. Oh, they're flopping their wares. Yeah. I gotcha. All right. But uh, the Dahlia Society was just a group of people that loved dahlias and, and shared, for the most part, they shared their knowledge with each other. You know, the way that I became interested or, or was introduced, there was a gentleman that I, he goes, you got to stop here. you got to take a look. And so we came over and took a look, and he goes, look at these dahlias. They were six feet tall, and there were some even taller than that. And I, he goes, you know what they are? And I said, no, I have no idea, but they're mutants. He goes, no, they're dahlias. And I go, well, then they're mutant dahlias. Um, no, I found out that that was false, too. And coming from you, you, you just said that, you know, you, you try to go by what the package says. Are there any nutrients that you put in to give it that extra oomph or boost? Well, that's another thing that uh, dahlias, you can't overfeed them with nitrogen you gotta when you uh fertilize your dahlias you want a 10 10 10 fertilizer or even a 5 10 10 and that first number is the uh the nitrogen nitrogen, nitrogen. right i even heard people doing zero 10 10 yeah yeah but they need some nitrogen and uh but if you give them a lot of nitrogen, what you end up with is one big bush and not many flowers. Yeah, the nitrogen promotes the green or the leaf portion of all plants. Right. Now, the one that they're scared of, which once you abuse too much of it and getting into the aquifer or the water system, is the phosphorus, especially in this region when it comes to the Great Lakes. Um, but you're not using that much. I don't use that much. You don't use it just a little bit. I, I fertilize uh, when I when we prep the bed. I lay down fertilizer in the bed, you know, with a hand spreader, and then we plant. When the plant gets up to about uh, 18 inches or so, we pinch the center out. Okay, now wait a minute. That's called deadheading, isn't it? I mean, do you have a no, bud already started? No, it's not deadheading. There's no flower. Oh, okay. Deadheading's with the flower. Yeah. You pinch the center out. That promotes a or, shorter or, or, or plant. the stem. It promotes the uh, smaller, uh, or the, it promotes the laterals to grow where the flowers grow. And it makes a healthier plant, a more manageable plant. Because height is nothing uh, as far as Dahlia goes. What, what, what to me, I mean, for me, because uh, the plant has to be strong enough to hold the big flowers. So you're, see, I'm sounding like you, Scott, but when it comes down to the plant itself, you want to make sure that it can support the amount of flowers that you're going to be getting. And that's why you pinch off. The center, just the center. Does the it very make that center. stalk stronger in diameter? Or oh, yeah, or? yeah. Oh. Everything is stronger. When you stunt the plant where it can't go up, it just gets spindly. Yeah. 
then the growth and the energies go into the laterals and such. What's the average size of a flower that you get? Or do they vary with the type of flower? They vary from one inch. Really? Palms, palms are one inch around. They'll go up to uh, 12, 13 inches diameter. Dinner plate. For a dahlia? Yeah. I thought I only had biscuits did that. Uh, well, in my homework that I was doing... Oh, here comes the snob. All right. <laughs> I, people were actually... Um, they were putting in stakes at the same time they were planting, not right. posts because they didn't want to do any damage. But they were actually using rebarb because some of the ones that they were doing are getting eight feet tall with you know the large petals and don't want them to fall over, but using rebarb. When I was introduced to them, I saw they had fiberglass poles or stakes at each one of them. Now, the poles themselves varied for the different size of the plant, but the seven-footers didn't have the lateral growth. They were more tall, and they had the big guy, but I never knew, I never saw anything that was dinner plate size. I mean, how does one, I mean, do you order those online? Well, see, I'm talking well, they online. Come, they're, they're called double A's. That's 10 inches or larger. Is that how they rate them? Yeah, it's a double A. What's a single A? Your one inch that we talked about No, earlier? that's a six to eight, or I mean, eight to 10. Really? Yeah, the double, or the single A. A B is six to eight inches. A BB is four to six inches. Okay, so the higher the letter, the smaller the flower. And then the double flower... Mean, double letter is going to mean it's going to be smaller than the original of that variety. Yeah. Did you get that, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm a little... Well, not and then uh, on dahlia growing, too, for people that are novelists or haven't, aren't experienced, I recommend growing the BBs or the Bs. And tell us, I mean, seriously, why? Because they're easier or... sorry. No, because you get more blooms... The smaller uh, the flower, the more tendency to be a more uh, prolific bigger plant. Okay, bloomer. Yeah, and the other thing is that they're uh, easier. I mean, to manage in that. I think the double A's and what have you. The people, the guys at the shows in that. If they had four laterals coming out of a, a double A plant, and they wanted to get a really big double A flower off that plant. They take one or maybe two of them laterals off, so that the energy would go to what's left. Correct. Yeah. Well, that's so. Well, that's like that book he was. Uh, Don was showing us a book of all the colors that you can have. Yeah, they look like swatches, but there was a hole in the center. Yeah, there's a hole in the center of it, and he goes, "Oh, well, that's for judging." They put the petal behind that, and then you can see the color of the book for ratings versus the color of your petal, and I thought that was really cool. It looked like a great big swatch book. I mean, uh, now, if you've, well... These dahlias brought to you by Sherman Williams. Well, show you, thank you. Talk to him. (laughs) Anyhow. But do you know, can I... I, I I want to hear this. Can I earn my junior badge? Please do. um, That there are two kinds of petals you can do. You can do a single petal... And I may have the names wrong, or just the larger, I don't know what they were, but the singles were more of a, um, for pollinators, 
where they have it's easier for the bees and everybody to get into which they're is open a single centers too. open centers okay and then you have a more closed center dahlias and that's more for they the blooms like, in the show yeah it's right. more of a showier plant but in the showier plant you don't want an open center on that one correct correct that's what i'm learning here yeah yeah well they look like pom-poms i mean they're so tight and, yeah, and, well, and, now that's another type of flower. That's called a ball. Okay. You, okay, the, 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 is it 360 degrees where it's somebody giving It's almost like an allium? Yeah, it's a, it's a ball. Really? I mean, it's just it's tight, and uh, it looks like a honeycomb. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. that tight. I mean, when you're yeah. looking at it, mean, it's, it's kind of wild. But that's a, called a ball, and there's miniature balls, and then there's balls. The ball, what's the size of the regular size? That'd be a baseball? three to four, three to four inch. All right, how many stitches are there in a baseball? Anyway, so it's going to be yeah. about, it's going to be smaller yeah, than a baseball, that, but larger oh, than a golf be, ball. Oh, it'll be the size of a baseball. Of a baseball? Some of them get a little bigger even. But, okay. Uh, and those are called what again? Balls. Oh, they're called balls. Just balls. And then there's a, another one that's uh, it's a larger size It it, it Looks a little bit like a ball, but it's called a formal decorative. Mm, does it go 360 degrees? Almost, okay. not quite. So it's, it's called a formal decorative. And how yeah. large in diameter is that one about? Same size? Oh, they'll get, uh, the, uh, you can get, uh, they can come in a B size even. Six really? to eight, yeah. The B size, you could have cactus, semi-cactus. Oh, we're talking dahlias. Yes, but they're the they're the so as some people call them they're the spiky ones. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we're talking cactus. cactus. I was trying to remember that name earlier. Cactus. Gonna, yeah, the Where cactus. cacti. Speaking of dahlias, it's season three, the first pop quiz of the season. Oh lord. We'll All see. Right. We'll, Don and I have to. Explain. Don and I are going to see what Mike learned in his homework if he got this. So the dahlia was declared the national flower of Mexico. Right. In what year? 1960, 65, or 63? 60. 63. I hated between 60 and 63. <laughs> Just really? What was that? Now, wait a minute. What, who, who announced that? I mean, it was in the works. Really, they had it. It was in the works. <laughs> it was working its way to become it wasn't the national a flower. signed document until '63. <laughs> okay, it wasn't signed until '63, but they had a lot of advertising and marketing they had to do. You know, you remarked about those uh, fiberglass stakes. Yeah. Did you ever hear where they, the Dahlia Society got them from? No. <laughs> they was a place down off of South Street, uh, South and Burned. Excuse me. That made fishing poles, and that's where the them were the seconds, the rejects. The rejects. So you know exactly what I was talking about when they had them out. And yeah. Were you responsible for that? Did you get them from there? Was it you? I wasn't there at the time. No, I wasn't in the Dahlia side. That was before I even joined. It was prior. To, oh. When you when you were looking at the examples that Don brought in, right. you had mentioned that's the size of a sweet potato. Right. 
Well, at least which, a which, successful sweet potato growers. No, they're not that big. Not the vine. That's that's several dahlias in there. In yeah, pack. but each one of these looks well, like I it's, I mean, it's like, like a baby sweet potato. So here here's the other. Little sweet potato. I, I'm not going to make you do the quiz. I'm just no, going to give quiz, you this. do the quiz. Do the quiz. Okay. Multiple choice. So these tubers were grown as a food crop by who? The Spanish... Aztec. Yeah, I got you on that hey, one. You got me on that one. Son of a Congratulations, gun, son of a Mike. You win. Da, da, da. You win I, nothing. I well, and I was in this right decade too when they announced that they were. Of course, he only gave me three of the same decade. All right. Well, yeah, the Aztecs were the ones that did it. And why did the Aztecs grow these things? They they had them all over the place, because they related or correlated that these things were all individual, uh, sun gods, lowercase. Yes, related to the sun god. They are gifts from the sun god. Sun gods, plural. I guess there were plenty of, many of them back then. But yeah, Don, Don knew that. Right, Don? <laughs> Don shaking his head yes. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. left right. and right. Oh, okay. That's right. Um, I'm looking at a 2022. It's called Clearv- Clearview Eddy, the American Dahlia Society Classification and Handbook of Dahlias. Now, basically, these are telling you exactly which ones. For instance, there's a seduction in here. Don, do you want to explain what this is used for? The American Dahlia Society little cheat sheet. It's a classification handbook, and uh, each Dahlia has a classification number, which determines what class, when it's in a show, that it competes in. And this book, when you look at this book and you come up with a, well... Clyde's choice is classification number is 0003, which is a classification of a double A formal decorative orange. Now, let me see if I, from the history lesson and the teachings that you just told me, A is smaller than a B, but it's a double. A uh, is bigger. A is bigger than a B? Plonk. That's so much for my extra point. All right, now. So it's a double A, meaning the flower is going to be twice or larger than the A. Right. But it's going to be a large flower, first of all. Right. Okay. So that classification book, I mean, that's almost like the Farmer's Almanac of dahlias. Well, it's the guide to everything about the dahlia. I mean, uh, it's the, the size of the dahlia, the color, and the form. Okay. It, ex- it tells you all that. And then also in here, these numbers over here are telling you how it's scored in the shows. How many blue ribbons it got uh, and such. Really? Yeah. Do you have any prize-winning dahlias at your place or even at the botanical gardens that you grow them at? Oh, yeah. I have some out here that uh, and at home that have, uh, well, probably uh, A.C. Abbey which we grow out here and I grow at home. It's a, uh, I think it's a, it's a bee, but it's a, a bicolor. It's red and yellow, yellow uh, tips. Okay. And the center is red. And uh, it's probably one of the highest regarded dahlias, I mean, on the market now. Are they highest, high in demand? I mean, yeah, high in demand, and uh, they're a little more expensive, too. Well, but you don't see these in big box stores. Uh, 
These are for the pros, the people. That well, really- uh, the, yeah, the this guy that I was telling you about, uh, AC uh, Dahlia's right. accent, which I mean that AC is is. He, he, a, he, he puts AC and then Abby or AC, Angie. I mean, that, but it stands for accent dahlias. Okay. But he's uh, since went out of business. And uh, he uh, it wasn't that he wasn't successful. It was that he got too old to keep up with the business. You may mention earlier that there were, Dahlias that were used for uh, pollinators or, or uh, for their pollen. Uh, and there were dahlias that were so tightly compact that they were for more for show. What insects, what animals do benefit? Do, are there any that are going to be benefiting from the planting of these dahlias or from the pollen on them? Because we're discovering that there's certain hybrids of plants that certain pollinators just ain't going to go to. I mean, especially if it's a hybrid that's been, you know, messed around with for about four generations. Well, the bees will go to these uh, close center dahlias and uh, they just hit the flower. They are attracted by the color, but they just leave because there's no where to get a pollen. Okay. But they're the open centered uh, dahlias. They really hit them hard. The bees, they like that. So have you found any genetic, you know, balancing from that or unbalancing from that? No, I haven't. No problem at all. What kind of insects or let's say predators do you have out there that are going after them? There's two that uh, are Japanese beetles. When you said the Japanese beetle is is a big one, how do you control those? Because they're all over the place. And I got to tell people, pay attention, Scott, you're a junior this year. Can you tell the difference between a boy and a girl Japanese beetle? I don't get that personal. I don't care. Okay, the guys are prettier. They got the glowing, beautiful, reflecting jade green and gold. Oh, I mean, jade okay. ones. Okay. Now the, the the females are just the bland, you know, kind of kind of brownish that sort of thing. About the same size. What do you use to prevent or to knock off any insects that are there? Well, I have very few Japanese beetles. And they're mostly drawn to the lighter color dahlias, white. They like the lighter color uh, flower, mm-hmm. and that's where you find them. And I just pick them off and step on them. And Thank you. You step on them? Or, yeah. Yeah, I know people that would drown just them. Just drown them. Yeah. Drop them in a bucket and then well, let them. But the other, uh, I, I use very few pesticides. What? And there's another uh, spider mites. Ooh. They start at the bottom of the plant, and they turn the leaves yellow, and they work their way up the plant. And that's another thing we recommend about dahlias. When the dahlia plant gets about two foot high, we break off all the bottom leaves. You call them suckers? I mean, I like a tomato plant, uh, we call them suckers. Well, what happens is... uh, if you don't break them off and you don't have spider mites, you get splash from when it rains and the water splashes up underneath the leaves, then they turn yellow anyway. Mm-hmm. So we break all the leaves off at the lower part of the plant, probably up six, about eight inches, I'd say. That way uh, you don't get the splash and the discolored leaves. And also the spider mites don't have a highway up the plant. 
And I also heard snails were a problem. Slugs, slugs, slugs and yeah. snails, yeah. The slug bait, that's just... Well, let me ask you I this. I buy the grand, you know, the shaker, you shake it out of the yeah, can. Yeah. And I just, I don't put it all over the dahlia bed. I put it around the perimeter. Well, now I found out, too, that if you use mulch, it creates a nice little harbor for the slug below the mulch. Right. And when they come out at nighttime, when all the coast is clear, they're feasting on those plants, whether it's a dahlia or a hosta. Right. So I generally, if you tend to your garden well enough, I, I yeah, the mulch is there for an aesthetic purpose and a retention of moisture. If you're in clay, you don't have to worry about retention of moisture. If you're in sand, you probably do. Um, however... If you don't, if you're tending to your garden well enough, and you're making sure that the weeds are out, after the first few, you know, weekly bouts of pulling the weeds or raking things out, you're not going to get anything coming back in there other than the plants that you want. So that's a good one. I don't recommend putting any any herbicides down around them because it will also work its way in through the tuber or the root base of the plant. It's called dicamba poisoning. Um, so you got you made recommendations on how to control the two. Those two, those are the two primary insects, right? Right. That you have a problem that I've had. Earwigs, but uh, I... Uh, they're more of a nuisance, aren't they? Yeah, they're not. Uh, they don't damage the plant that much. I I, ha- I don't have any, so I don't know. I can't say it. So are we, are we back to just a little cup of beer for the slug That's and only the families of the insects that have a relative that has a problem with it. Yeah. I mean, he's going to drown in it. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's with the slugs. But, you know, the other 250 of them say, well, it looks like we're going to go to a funeral this Saturday. They got Frank. Um, That's about it. I mean, it doesn't really... If you're going to do beer that... Go ahead and use it. I'm not going to knock anybody for doing that. Um, I just think it's a waste. You're talking to somebody that used to drink, doesn't do it anymore, but whenever I see somebody use it and give it to the insects, I'm going, damn them. Well, (laughs) we'll we'll give them the 3-2 beer. Okay, it's still 7%. Anyhow, okay, you, you said that you try to stay away from pesticides. Uh, however, there's another pest that's out there, bunny rabbits. There's another pest out there. It's called deer. Um, I don't know if you're in a neighborhood where you had deer, but Botanical Gardens has got them. How are you able to keep the deer away from the, the, uh, the dahlias here? I don't know, but they don't seem to bother the dahlias here. Dang. And the bunnies don't either. They don't? Uh, no. Uh, now, they used to when we had them over closer to the pine trees, and the pine trees were cleared to the ground where right. there was a lot of cover for the rabbits. And I had a bed planted over by the pine trees. That's where we were. That was a long time ago. long time ago. Yeah. Well, what happened was uh, I come out one uh, one day to check on how they're doing. They should have been up a couple inches at least in that. Looked like somebody went through there with a weed whacker. All you could see was a little bit of a stem. They're only going after the tender stuff, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I, after the I I put uh, chicken wire around my dahlia bed in the spring, and when the dahlias get up a foot and a half or what, you can take it down. They won't mess. They won't mess with the older stuff. It's that young right. tender. I mean, it's right. they're going to the five star restaurant rather than McDonald's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? When you said the fertilizer zero twenty twenty or zero ten ten, you don't use any insecticides. Um, do you make your own? I mean, do you? Beer is a great nutrient for, for 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 fertilizing flowers. There's one other fertilizer that I got onto a couple years ago. Yeah, it's called Coop Poop. 
Chicken stuff. Yeah. Poop, poop. But it's, you know, been uh, processed. No odor. Yeah. And, uh, and does that work Very, right? very low in uh, nitrogen, 3% or something. Very low in nitrogen. And uh, its big thing is it's got a lot of calcium in it. Doesn't it depend on what they're feeding the, the chickens or where it comes from? Well, if their uh, range or if they Chickens they're... get fed uh, calcium for egg production. Gotcha. And so that's where you're benefiting Where the from. calcium comes from. And anyway, and I bought it at Titkemeyer's. And I'm telling you, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it really. Tinker Myers is a local Midwestern uh, combination garden center general store, and it has a lot of neat stuff in it. I didn't mean to interrupt, but no. go ahead and continue on that. Anyhow, I, I side dressed my dahlias with that, and uh, you're talking about how tall plants get that. Well, it kind of give them a little boost in height, I think, and also give them a real nice deep green foliage. Everybody that saw my plants, uh, dahlia growers, that didn't use the coop said that my plants look so much better than theirs just because of the deepness of the color of the yeah, foliage. Saturation. Then, uh, well, you can't actually burn with it either. You can't use no, too much. No, no, no. Because, I mean, again, now if you're using, when we're going NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, if you go too much nitrogen... You can burn the plants with right. it. Um, if you go with too much of the phosphorus or the potassium, what is called, you get a lockout. In other words, the plant will refuse to take in any more of those nutrients, and it's more detrimental in that case. I, I, I know most of the garden centers in the Midwest also sell what they call an annual dahlia. Is there, is there such a thing, or is it just a little mini tuber? That's, that's germinating, and you can you save those the same way that you do with the, the sweet potato tuber? <laughs> yeah, you can save them, but they're, they're a lot of work. They're called, I, I call them border dahlias, and you'll get a tuber about the size of my end of my thumb. That's a big one. I've seen some that they've pulled out after well, the fact, yeah. But they're hard, to, they're hard to winter, and they're really a lot of effort. I mean, to... You can buy border dahlias, you know. Do you, can you get seeds from them? Yeah, you can buy. I seeds. mean, most flowers basically do turn into a seed later on. Yeah. I mean, can you save the flower head and then have a seed, or is it not well, really worth it, it's, your it's, while? It's 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 a lot of work and it takes a lot of skill to do it. I mean, because uh, I give one of the ladies that works out here a, a book that I got that had some uh, instructions on how to do that. And you take the dahlia head, uh, the flower, after it's spent, and you hang it upside down, and you kind of squeeze the water out of it every so often, Ooh. and just stuff like that. To me, I, uh, run-of-the-mill dahlia grower is not going to be messing with that. A couple of things. One thing I learned was that when you first plant your dahlias outside, that's... Uh, they prefer not a lot of water until it gets warmer. And I think you touched upon that a little bit because it's, of the rot. Right. But it's not, when you plant your dahlia tuber, <clears throat> everything the dahlia needs to grow, <clears throat> excuse me, is in that tuber. Already in it, right. Mm -hmm. And if you give it a lot of water in that, then you can overwater it because, you know, it, 
they don't need a lot of water, and that recommends every all the uh, catalogs that I've got that uh, sell values. They recommend no water until the sprouts are out of the ground. Okay. You mean you mean when you see those new leaves that are starting, and do they have to be a certain height, or is it just you know you see the, oh, well, like the a sprouts little, a couple three inches tall? That you then can you can start. start watering. When Not, you give it the nutrients, about the same time. No, I, I put the nutrients in prior to planting. Let me ask you something. Bone meal, blood meal, something the old timers used to always do. Do you recommend doing that or not? Because they used to have bags of those with tulips that you're going to put yeah, in. Uh, I don't do it because uh, squirrels will dig up the bone meal. Well, that's true. I know dogs will do it. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. In the winter or in the fall, do you retrieve all your tubers or a percentage? Do you leave any in the ground? None in the ground because... Uh, this freeze we had, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when it was down really cold, mm-hmm. they'd be mush. They'd be mush. They just, uh, it's too cold here. You have to, you have to lift the dahlias. Because I've, I've, oh, I was reading where some people leave a percentage in just in case because they're on the verge, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, well, so they take that as a the loss. The thing is, uh, people plant them on if they got them on the south side of their house. By the foundation, mm-hmm. they'll spark. make it. But if That's you don't like lift, yeah, they've they've nailed it down. But that. if you don't lift them dahlias every other year, you're going to have a clump like that, and you're going to have all of uh, spindly uh, stems. stems and stalks because uh, they they they're competing with each other. I mean, you so only it's put not, one. It's, it's you only not, put one tuber in the ground for... Uh, okay, now, the picture that you showed me before, it looked like crabs that are crawling across your backyard all over the place. Yeah. Um, that the, was the product of one growing season. That was one growing season. Yes. From there, there were like eight different tubers on there. You break those off, right? No, you don't break them. You cut them because you got to protect the head where it attaches to the uh, stalk. Yeah. You can't break that neck on there. You have to cut it so you get part of the stalk and that the neck doesn't break, and that's where your new growth comes from, right up there. Oh, all right. Well, no, when you cut them off, you get one plant per. So let's say you've got different tubers. you got five different tubers that you can cut off separate. You're going to get five separate plants out of that. Yes, yeah. Wow. But the other thing is... Too, if you got a uh, one tuber of a flower that you really like, and you can't get another one, you could start it in March, and what they call it, take cuttings. You can uh, put it under light and that, and put it in peat moss or something, you know, to get it uh, moist. And but you got to have it where it's you know warm, sixty-five, seventy degrees. Anyhow, uh, with a light, you'll get uh, shoots coming off of that, you know. Mm-hmm. Then you you cut them right off at the top of the... Uh, top uh, of the tuber? Where it comes out. You cut it, put it in, uh, I don't know what they call a soil, a starting soil. There's, like, yeah, there's there's, a, there's definitely a starting soil. They got seed starters, and then they yeah. got the peat pods. That right, you well, yeah, you yeah. put it in there, and... Nine times out of ten, it'll take. Really? It'll root, yeah. 
you could get four or five cuttings off of you because where you cut, it's going to grow again, too. It's going to keep coming out of there. So jumping back to winterizing them, basically, is yeah. where I had started. Um, they, were, they were talking about how some people dry them out and they hang them and hang them upside you know, down to let that water drip out. Of uh, dahlias? Yeah. I've never heard of right. that. And so what was suggested is, is you just leave them upside down for one day, let the excess moisture drip out of the tubular, and then... And then go back and, you know, wrap them up like you have done here. They were saying that some people were leaving them that way all winter. And when they started growing again, they had the stems coming out the wrong end. So they had stems going north and stems going south when they really wanted to plant it. So they suggest not doing that at all. Just let them dry for 24 hours and then store them, like you said, in a cool, well, he did, cool dark place. You, you did store these, not store these, but you dried them because I've never seen anything in plastic. I, never, I dried them uh, just 24 hours because after I separate them, I also take them, I use a five-gallon, two five-gallon buckets, and I put the, about half full, which two and a half gallons or so, and I put a tablespoon of bleach per gallon in the bucket, and I use tempered water, and I, I the mold and mildew off of I've, it. Well, what it does, it acts as a fungicide. Yeah, okay. But after I've cut the dahlias and that, uh, and uh, I got, I use gallon bags, freezer bags, and I yeah. put from the one stall. I mean, the one that I know is X Y Z dahlia. When I get off of that plant, I put in the bag along with a tag telling me what it is. And then when I dip them, I keep track and keep the tag with them so that I don't get them mixed up, you know. Mm -hmm. But I, I only soak them for four or five minutes in tempered water. And what I use two buckets for, while I'm taking them out of this one, they're soaking in that one. I lay them on bath towels in my, on my basement floor and let them dry 24 hours. How much bleach do you put in? How much bleach do you use? You said you use bleach and tepid water. How oh, much bleach? A tablespoon, a tablespoon to a gallon. To a gallon of water. Now, I know bleach, when the water evaporates, it still adheres to the tuber. Um, it's, it's almost like it's a powder uh, but or crystallized, that it's around the whole plant, whole ball yeah. itself. But it's not, I mean, it's not that strong. No, 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 no. It's yeah. not like you're trying to take yeah. out the chocolate stain yeah. of mom's favorite, you know, yeah. tablecloth. <laughs> um, no, but, but then... Now that we're talking about fungus on the tubers, what now? There, are there any susceptible funguses that, that these plants are? I mean, let's as I, powdery mildew, uh, striped smut, helmsworm leaf spot. Well, any, we get powdery mildew in the uh, in the uh, fall. That's the only time you'll see powdery, it. powdery. Yeah, but that's because of lack of circulation, high humidity, and no circulation around the plant. By taking them bottom leaves off, too, yeah. you get better circulation yeah. of air. So I really, haven't had that mildew in, in, in uh, several years. Yeah, now it's called a cultural method of control. When you take that foot, foot and a half of whatever to let the air circulate, those fungus spores aren't able to attach themselves, and nor is the spider mite. So you're culturally, or integrated pest management, which I, 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 I agree 5,000% with, but you're saying that you're not necessarily going to have to use anything extraordinary if you follow these, you let the plant come up, 
grow up, you take the first foot off at the base to prevent anything from at least getting itself right, uh, to attach to it. Right. When it comes down to pesticides, you don't really use any of them. However, back in the old days, there used to be one that was called nicotina or nicotine um, that they used to use. Now, that was really a good natural toxic insecticide. Did you ever use any of that or you never had to? I used some of that stuff that was uh, oil-based where you would spray up underneath the leaves. Like a neem oil? Yeah. Neem oil? Okay. Okay, that's used as a suffocant. And it does have a tendency to burn if you don't do it like in the early evening hour. So that's the only time I would recommend using that. Um, Scott. Thanks. Scott's raising his hand like he's at school. I am. He's a junior, you know. Because I have several questions. Uh, So when you're planting these either at home or here at the Botanical Gardens, uh, are you... uh, are you planting them just as a, a grouping, or do you invite other plant types into your your area of? of we have it. Uh, we put uh, the uh, the show type values in the more of the center of the beds, you know. Okay. Yeah. And on the outside, around the perimeter of each bed, we got four beds here. They plant what they call, what I call, border dahlias. They'll get 18 to 20 inches high, but that's the only... uh, Okay, so you're going... Yeah. You're terracing upward? No, no. Those are on the outside, and they're they're short, so they don't interfere with people being able to see the other ones. But it gives color earlier. Dahlias are, you know... But they're going to bloom all season for you, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but all season for dahlias is like uh, July. They start blooming. They got a lot of growing to do from May. Well, to, don't we all? But till, I mean, till they start blooming. But that and that'll last until now. The days start getting really short after. Well, not really short, but after June twenty-one, the days start getting shorter. When do they start? Letting you know when is a good time to pop them out in the autumn. After a killing frost. All right. And then we leave them in for a week after a killing frost. Does the plant turn to a certain color after that? Because I know that all the I mean, the leaves get black on it in that. But uh, because dahlias are really a lot of water. They're like bamboo. They're hollow, too. Well, and uh, when you cut the dahlia off, we leave it about eight inches on the stem for handling and such. We just cut them off. Well, put the tag from the stake that we tie them to. We put the label on it so that we know what flower. You keep the identification, yeah. yeah. Anyhow, then we leave it set a week. But when you come back out here to dig those dahlias, that hollow stalk will have water right up to the top in there. Now, let me ask you. And, what, and that's why, sorry, Mike, but that's why people were suggesting to turn them upside down for 20 hours. Is that hours. coming from the tuber? I mean, is it's that it's water coming? It's, it's, it's going up. It's sucking the water in from the ground. It's still sucking in from the ground. I wood. see. Yeah. Wow. But we, you just, you know, shake it off when you pull it out. I, right. We don't do any of that, but... Two, when you process the dahlias, uh, uh, tubers, and you cut them off of the sta- uh, stalk of the plant, uh, you, you cut the hair roots off all, too. 
there's several hair roots coming off yeah. the you cut them off so that it doesn't leach the water that's in the tuber out so that when they're in full grown and they're full luster and everything is going quite well july august that stalk is probably, depending on which one, could be anywhere from a half an inch to a full inch in diameter from the base and then tapering up. They'll get big. Yeah. Now, is that fill, that thing, is that like it's a straw for the plant? It just sucks the water? Well, I have no idea how it processes the water as but it goes I mean, up, the, but it's in there. And, it's, uh, is it all the way up top? The, the, no, no, when you cut, it isn't in there, but it, oh, okay. it must be a reserve somehow, I mean, because... Uh, Dahlia's like a lot of water, especially in really hot weather. Do you have irrigation here uh, that's going to be able to do it? No, or are you do it by no, hand? No, we, we hand water it. And, and they water it out here for us. And, mm -hmm. uh, Ground only, or you do the whole plant watering? You water basically at the ground? Well, or they, they, don't, they recommend overhead watering. They do recommend it? Well, because that washes the plants off of that, too. But okay. then the other thing you got we got to talk about here because a lot of people don't do it. It's called disbudding. Please tell. Okay, the normal lateral on a dahlia comes out, and that's the stem. Right. It has three buds on it, and they're side by side, just like holding your three fingers up on your hand. Mm -hmm. You pinch off the two outside buds. What? what why is that? To give the stem strength, okay. To give it uh, the flower. One flower gets all the energy. If you have three flowers on there, the stem gets to going like that. The weight. It starts to yeah. yeah. Well, if it, if it rains, it gets worse. If you got this one flower there growing on a nice healthy stem, you don't get that. To, to well, you've seen on them pictures how long them stems were. Yeah, yeah. They're two foot long on them A plants. A is the biggest you're going to get. Did no, you know that? They're no. not. Where am I Double getting? A is the biggest. <laughs> Double, well, okay. okay. Mike's trying so hard I, I to, am so to nail this. That's the 8 system. to 10 inch flower, the A. And then the B is going to be 6 to 8, and yeah. then the C is going to be. No Cs. There's no Cs? I would never have graduated from Dahlia School. I mean, well, that's why you learn something every day. Yeah, well, that's, that's, what, that's the point of this. But that's one of the most critical things is topping of the plant. When there's three full sets of lateral leaves on it, three sets of laterals. You realize people are going to be referring to this when it comes time to harvesting. And we got to get this thing right because I don't want to have them. I'm not going to give them your phone. Well, I will. I'll give them your phone number. Well, they can come out. They can come out here any Thursday morning and meet with us. We're here from usually about nine until eleven or so, and uh, we get everything done. You get in, everything taken care of in, between in that. Three of us. Yeah. There's one more thing that we're going to need to talk about, isn't that right, Don? And that has to do with securing these plants to those stakes that we talked about. Yes. All right. Now, I noticed that here that you've got jute. Now, jute is a natural product that they, they make twine out of. I mean, it's not the most hardy, well, it's not the most secure element that you can use to do it, but it's probably going to be the, the most gentle. Isn't that it? As, to, as opposed and, to and it's biodegradable. It, uh, when we cut the, the plants down, 
in the uh, fall, and that we don't have to pull all that twine. As out opposed to nylon twine. Yeah, and just throw it. And they so you can leave they, it in your garden bed, and it's just going to yeah, work. it's gone the next. Uh, now, where do you start at tying them? Do you tie them at when, the base, the middle, at the and base? The top? But as as the, as the plant grows, when it gets about 20, 24 inches high, you should tie it, and you tie the main stalk to the uh, stake, not tight. I mean, you just it's stuck just, it. It's a guide. It's just, yeah, to keep it from whipping in the wind. Mm -hmm. Well, as the plant gets bigger and the laterals come out, the way I do it is I, I cut off a piece six, depending on the size of the plant, anywhere from three foot to six foot length. And I just kind of reach over and hug that pretty lady and bring the twine around and, and, and snug it up. And then it, to it keep it from, it from moving in the wind. I've had I, one time out here, we had a really heavy wind, and it blew a lot of the dahlias. It even moved the stakes. So, uh, oh well. Yeah. But uh, if you have them tied, I mean, in a you know a thunderstorm that comes up in the summer, and there's a lot of wind with it, and that they'll weather that fine. Will you come out here like the, uh, the minutes or day the next day, the following day after the thunderstorm, and basically check things out to see if it's okay? Or do do they generally have you know people that do secure things? But if it's what I'm getting from you is is nobody can do a good enough job to support the plant as you would do. Oh yeah, you can do it. I mean, you learn by experience to tie them and uh, what. But it's it's not a hard job to do. I mean, uh, I've seen people tie tomatoes up with nylon, but tie it like a shoestring, so it's totally secure and they wonder why the top third of the plant is dying off because it's cutting it's cutting off the, the those veins oh, yeah, and the nutrients yeah so no, I mean, you don't tie it this is just to keep the dahlia bush from whipping in the okay. wind okay and because a, like i said they're hollow they're like bamboo right, yeah are they are they are they light when you say like bamboo bamboo's pretty Tough stuff. I mean, when you cut them, we're not that uh, dahlias are not that uh, hard. It's a plant. Okay. But uh, they're hollow and uh, they'll 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 move in the wind, but there's there's a breaking point. And you want break them to off. be flexible, but you don't want it to be, you know, susceptible to those heavy winds. Scott, you got anything else to ask him? I think you, what we're trying to say here is you're just trying to uh, keep the sway. To a, a to a well, I won't say a minimum, but I would just say not let it maximize to where the stem, depending right. on how thick that stem is, is just going to break. So you, you got to you well, got to guide it. You got to visualize. And we're supporting the laterals too. You know Correct. that the new flowers are on, or that the flowers are on. Right. But that's another thing too. Though. The more you deadhead, the more new flowers you get. See, that's generally for everything. That you can, I mean, multiple roses. Roses aren't going to grow unless you deadhead, and they right. only grow on new growth. Do you get new growth on the dahlia, or is and from that new growth you're going to get the flower? Like okay, it's like raspberries too. I mean, you got to trim the heck out of them uh, because they, they they too think they're roses, and in order to get the berry, you got to get the flower, and you got to get the flower by trimming them back because they're only going to produce flower 
on new growth. But the only, the deadhead, and it's just deadhead, you cut off right up where the flower is, you know, that's spent. Mm-hmm. And because you get new laterals coming out of the stem. So it's deadheading on a spent flower. Right. If, earlier in the show, we talked about prepping to get more by, it wasn't deadheading, it was actually trimming way down in the, the, central, in the, stock. Tube, the central stock. Yes, thank you. And but, that, that, so that provo- uh, promoted more stems and more growth. Horizontal. No, if you cut clear back to the stalk of laterals, yes. then you'll get bigger flowers. Bigger flowers, right. right but right. that's, uh, I don't recommend doing that. I, I don't take laterals off of my flowers or off of my plants. I, I, I let the oh, laterals Oh, you the come. laterals grow. No. But... The two important things, and you can't stress this enough, is you pinch the center out. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I was going. And the other thing is you just bud. Right. Those are the two big ones. Pinch center and what? Bud? <coughs> the, the buds. The three buds the three that are buds next together. You take yes. the two off. You of leave, the leave the middle one. Leave the middle one. And the thing is, if you get them when the buds are about like that, you can just reach in there and, and just snap them off. You don't need to cut them or nothing. You can break them off, and they break right off, and they break nice and even with the uh, plant. Okay. So it looks clean. Mr. Hughes, Don Hughes, uh, you happen to be the Dahlia dude, the extraordinaire. If there's any questions they can get to us, then we can get to you to fine. answer. Like I said, we're out here. During the growing season, uh, Thursdays is nine in the morning day. till yeah. noon. Now, do you share meals with the people that do come out? No, no. Okay, <laughs> he's There's no splitting of the loaves. He's tubular, but not that tubular. Yeah. Okay, Don, thank you for coming on board. Don Hughes from the, it used to be called the Dahlia Society, but this guy is—I mean, these—I swear to goodness, Scott, these tubers look like sweet potatoes to me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Don't pass. Don't. I would recommend eating them, uh, no matter what you said about the oh, Indians. No, oh, yeah, they the stated on the research that we yeah. checked out, they're edible and highly nutritious. I don't know about the tuber, but the flowers. But we're not going to go there either. Okay. All right. Thank you, Don. You're Appreciate welcome. It. Anything else, Scott? No. All right. We're going to say good night and goodbye. Yes. Good morning. Yeah. Good, good everything. We'll talk to you later. Hope you got good stuff out of this. I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy, and that's Scott Sandstrom, producer extraordinaire. Thanks for listening to your Midwest Garden. If you like today's conversation, please share this podcast with friends and family. And don't forget to click on the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you have any show topics you'd like us to discuss, head on over to our sponsor's Facebook page, which is Black Diamond Garden Center, and message them your topic idea. For all of us at your Midwest Garden Podcast, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation.